Hello, Syngap Lab. My name is Michael Gralia. Today is Friday, August 11th, and this is episode 111 of Syngap 10, your 10-minute weekly briefing on everything you need to know about Syngap 1. You will notice a few things are different. First of all, I didn't bother to do the best board. Second of all, I, I look like a citizen. I'm wearing real clothes today. And, um, and I'm using this new camera so you can see that I'm really tired. I've been trying to do this episode since about 11 a.m. It's now 8.30 p.m., and it's just been one of those days. Uh, one of the reasons it was one of those days is because I was invited to hear Dr. Helbig from CHOP, which is on the East Coast, talk at Stanford, which is an hour below, an hour south of me. So I was like, oh my gosh, yes. So uh, last night I had a chance to pick up Dr. Helbig and, and we had dinner and um, talked to him and some people at Stanford and then uh, woke up this morning, went to Stanford and heard him give a talk. And the reason this was exciting is a couple of reasons. First of all, he talked mainly about uh, three genes, SCM1A, everyone talks about SCM1A, STXBP1, that, that's, his, that's his gene, and Syngap1 because of all the work going on at CHOP. And he was speaking, it was grand rounds, which means all the neurology faculty and trainees at Stanford were in the room and Ingo was talking about phenome and all this phenotype work. This is exciting because, first of all, he was talking to the next generation of neurologists, the really smart ones that went to Stanford, and he was talking about Syngap1. Pretty cool. Second of all, he laid out this beautiful presentation with lots of insights. But the, the last slide really got me. It had this slope and it was like, there are different kinds of studies and we can get more granular, more specific in these much more intensive studies, natural history studies. That's what they're doing at CHOP right now, right? But there are a ton of work. And then there's this other thing, which is, Electronic health records, much less specific, much less granular, but we can get a huge number of samples. And then in the middle, we have Citizen, and he's working with Citizen data as well. And we have this beautiful set of over 200 Citizen records, right? And that's a lot more granularity than the health records, a little bit less granularity than the in-person, but we can do a lot more patients. So reminder, friends, if you have not yet signed up for Citizen and you are a Syngap parent, there is no better tool no easier way for you to support Syngap Research than to share your data through Citizen. It is a company that is owned by Invitae. They are super buttoned up. They know their data privacy backwards and forwards. It is entirely HIPAA compliant. It is your right. It is your right to take your data and share it. And then it gets in Citizen and then it's shared with people like Dr. Helbig and then he learns about outer disease and shares it and uses it to teach other neurologists, which I witnessed this morning. And it was just, I was sitting in the back of that room just giddy, giddy at the progress that I was feeling in that room as Ingo was sharing slides about, about Syngap1. So super exciting there. Look forward to more papers. Speaking of papers, Dr. Huguenier put out a paper uh, last week. Is today Monday? Yeah, I don't even know what date is. No, today's Friday. So it was this week. Um, this is an important paper. If your child is on a statin or your doctor has suggested, hey, maybe you should try a statin. I read this paper about statins. Show them this paper. I'm not going to read you the whole paper. I'm not even going to read you the whole conclusion because it would take me like five minutes. But basically what, what, what Dr. Huguenier is saying here is, um, you know what, guys? And he, he cites two papers. If you're looking at this paper, look at citations 31 and 32, which are the two big publications out there where statins have been tried in Syngap patients and maybe there was an impact. And, and what Dr. Huguenier says here is that the reason statins would make sense is if there was some um, downstream impacts of RAS. 
And actually, we've looked at it and, and, and we've, we've done a number of analyses and we don't think it's a rasopathy. We do not think Syngap-1 is a rasopathy. That's really important um, because uh, I think a lot, a lot of hay has been made and there's a lot of confusion around Syngap as a rasopathy. And actually, this paper puts that to rest. And it also suggests that those of us trying statins might not be getting anywhere. More to come on that. We'll ask Dr. Huguenin to do a presentation. Um, I think this is really important work because it affects drugs that are going into our kids. My son tried a statin. And then a combination of me not seeing much um, of a result and other um, early unpublished work that I was made aware of. And I was just like, hey, you know what? We're going to pull this out. So I'm glad to see something in publication that I can share and that I can talk about and say, hey, statins, not a good idea. Um, 9-1, grants are due. 9-1, September 1st. Grants, grant applications are due. That is a few weeks away. Please apply. If you know a scientist or a researcher who's thinking about SYNGAP-1, encourage them to apply. I've already seen um, at least one or one proposal, and it's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting. I'm not going to lie to you. So a lot going on. Your dollar's hard at work. This Huguenier work acknowledges the SYNGAP Research Fund as a funder. Your donations at work, and we're going to be taking in more grants, and we are working with people like Dr. Helbig and doing the citizen data. Super exciting. So, how can you help Syngap research? Number one, you can share your data on citizen. Number two, you can do a fundraising, you can donate. Number three, you can volunteer. We have a dedicated site for Syngap volunteers. That's also huge progress, and I want to thank the team behind that, Sandy and Virginie. Um, you guys are killing it. And I'm really excited about that site. Links in the show notes. Also, thank you to Olga and team on the webinars. We've had two great webinars. Yesterday, we had Dr. Underbaki talking about his um, work on Syngap-1. You should really watch that webinar. Very accessible. And the reason it's exciting is he talks about the structure of Syngap and how much of Syngap is unstructured and what that actually means and why he needs to be working on it. And then the, the, the best, the part that makes my heart sing is he's like, yeah, and I already have this NIH grant and I'm going to be working on Syngap. So we have a smart guy who's already thinking about Syngap and he's funded to work on it, not by us. Wonderful. But I'll be honest with you, I saw the presentation. I was like, maybe you should get a postdoc so you can move even faster because he's answering really important questions. We don't know exactly what Syngap does. That's what Rick's paper was about, right? That's, sorry, Dr. Hugo paper was about we're learning that actually the rasopathy thing, no, not an issue. It's the parking spots on the PSD. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, very exciting. Watch the Underbaki webinar. Watch the Courtney webinar. Hopefully soon we'll have a Huguenier webinar. Um, you know, some, so I can hear someone thinking right now. It's like, oh, Mike, I, I don't understand the science stuff. I don't want to get it. You got to understand the science stuff. Your kid's sick. There's a bunch of stuff we don't want to do that we got to do. But, you know, some of these things are really important. And, and, and the way, because your first science presentation always is headache inducing, right? But your 10th one, you're like, oh, I'm starting to understand how these scientists talk and how they think. And, and I've learned to like look at the pictures a little bit better. So watch these webinars, learn from these guys. In fact, come live and ask the questions. That's your opportunity. It's a really valuable opportunity, these webinars to say to researchers, hey, I don't understand this. Could you say it again? Explain it to me like I'm five, right? As one of our volunteers likes to say. Um, NPR article on the cost of these genetic therapies very and, and the cost of caring for our kids. And our very own Jackie Cancier was quoted in that. Good job, Jackie. Another press win. I love it. Speaking of press, 
Um, oh, I didn't finish telling you about my day. So I, um, I saw this inspiring talk today by Dr. Helbig this morning. And then I got home and then there was some um, combined brain work to do. Combined brain is a collective of, of patient advocacy groups that we belong to and we benefit from tremendously, I will, I will, I will say. Uh, there's, a, there's a number of studies going on with, with combined brain and what they have set up and made available to our community, the biorepository, the industry partnership opportunities, um, the blood draws, we couldn't do ourselves. We just couldn't. It's too much work. And so huge thanks to doc, uh, Dr. Bichelle who created that. And um, later in the day, later today, I met with Dr. Bichelle who leads Combined Brain and um, a genetic counseling student who's working on a disease concept model for Syngap1. And I was just sitting in that meeting marveling. And she, by the way, is also affiliated with CHOP. And I was just sitting in that meeting marveling at like, wow, there's so much going on. There's so much going on. You have Ingo talking to um, Dr. Helbig. You have Dr. Helbig talking to students at Stanford. And then you have a student at CHOP who's working on Syngap disease concept model and combined brains in there. Wow, we are so fortunate. We're, we're getting there, guys. We're putting the pieces in place that are needed for clinical trials to happen. It's happening. Super exciting. Super exciting. Um, and one of the things, ah, that's, where, that's why I brought this up. One of the things that we said in that meeting, because uh, this young student is going to start doing interviews uh, of Syngap parents, uh, we will be calling you and asking you to do it. Please say yes, because it's important. To, to really learn in, in a rigorous and scientific manner how our disease affects families. And one of the things I said to her, because we were talking about how she get ready and how she needs to learn about Syngap, and people can only stand to listen to me for like 10 minutes at a time, right? As you know. And so I was like, look, you know, Syngap stories um, is great. You know, one of our one of our parents, Ashley Fry, interviews other parents. We're at about twelve or thirteen episodes now, and and you could just listen to those sort of passively without you scheduling interviews, and just get yourself get your head wrapped around this disease. I thought it was a good point. She said, "Good idea." But then a senior genetic counselor from CHOP, who was also in this meeting, said, "Actually, you know, the whole team at CHOP does listen to those those podcasts, and we really find them helpful." I, I agree with Mike. You should do it. So it's always nice when senior clinicians say, I agree with Mike. I, I admit, I enjoy that. But wonderful, wonderful to know that Syngap Stories is not only helping our community meet the leaders within our community, right? Danny Williams has been on there. Corey's been on there. So many good people. Suzanne Jones, the, our, our board chair just did one. Um, but it's also giving clinicians a chance to learn about our community and about our disease, we have to be vulnerable. We have to share and talk about this disease. We have to be willing to let our kids be seen publicly so that the different stakeholders, the industry, the researchers, the students, the whatever, can all learn about our kids. That's how we move faster. And I, so I want to thank all the parents who, I want to thank Ashley Fry for creating Syngap Stories. I want to thank all the parents who have taken part in that. It's, it's a valuable, valuable digital resource that we can use to help educate all the people we need to understand our disease about our disease. So good job. Syngap Stories is killing it. Company update. More good news. This is crazy. Stoke and Praxis both had um, quarterly reports this this year, this week. Um I'm not, I haven't gotten my head fully wrapped around Praxis. I put the link in the show notes. Hopefully I'll have time to go back. 
Stoke, I definitely paid attention because Stoke is working on Dravet and Stoke has Singap on their pipeline. Um, Praxis is not yet far enough along in the, the drugs they're dosing in patients and other genes that, that I'm seeing results I want to talk about. But, but in Stoke's case, right, they have now have data on a few patients with Dravet who have been dosed with a large enough dose to matter. So they're, fi- they're titrating. They're figuring out what the right dose is. And, and they're seeing continued ongoing improvement. Continued ongoing improvement. Mike, what are you saying? Stoke is using an ASO. An ASO is a small molecule that gets injected into the spinal column, goes up to the brain, and makes the good copy, we have a good copy and a bad copy, makes the good copy work harder to create more protein. Presumably, as more protein is made and then assimilated into the brain, the brain will work better. Not only will seizures go down, but function will go up. And that is exactly what we're starting to see with stronger and stronger signal in the Stoke data for Dravet. And what we hope is that they will take all these learnings, the titration, the right dose, and what to measure, and we will have a similar story to tell about Syngap in a year or two years. I don't know how long it's going to take. It's going to take a while. Um, so really exciting to watch Stokes' results there. Now, you have to remember who Stoke is doing testing this on, right? They're testing this on people with Dravet who are fully medicated. We're talking five meds, probably including Fintepla or Ficompa. No, it's Fintepla. Uh, serious drugs. And they're still seeing improvements. But of course, as you know, our kids are very sick. Their kids are very sick. There are adverse events. Sometimes things don't go perfectly. And then the, the market sees these adverse events and Stoke reports this mind-blowing data and everyone's like, yes, we might have a drug for Dravet. And their stock price goes down. It's very confusing. It's very confusing because people see adverse events. Oh no, it, it, it's not like that, guys. It's, it's sustained improvement in people who are on every drug available and they're still unwell and we've created a new drug a new type of drug that is helping them get better it's phenomenally exciting congratulations to stoke good job praxis for what you're doing keep going there's some eg work in there that i want to talk about but i I really need to study it a little better before i talk about it regal and ionis are of course also working on syngap one um we have not we have not seen results or public comments from them Events. Let's talk about events. There's a few events coming up. The soiree is in three weekends, not next weekend, but the weekend after in Atlanta, Georgia. I will be going and speaking at that. If you're anywhere near Georgia, please come. There's some phenomenal families in Georgia. It's going to be an amazing event. Last year's event was amazing. This year's event will be just as amazing, I'm sure. And um, Suzanne Jones has really set the bar for what one family can do. And I applaud her for that. And I'm grateful to be um, a part of that event. The Cannonball, if you remember, I think we're at, what are we, a third one? It's going to be our third one or our fourth one? I don't even know anymore. Um, is is October 4th through 6th. Mark your calendars. Plan to be glued to your computers. And then, of course, the Syngap One Conference is October 30th and December 1st. There's a link in the show notes about registration and t-shirts. Get all that sorted out. But also, um, watch episode 109, which Ashley Fry and Lauren Perry did with all the FAQs on that. It's going to be an incredible gathering of Syngap parents and researchers and scientists and clinicians. Please, please join us. I know it's hard. I, I know it's a lot of work to get to a conference, but 
it's worth it. It's worth it to connect with a strong community and to become a part of that community and see that you're not alone, that there's hope, and that there's a lot going on, right? Speaking of a lot going on, we need biomarkers, right? You've heard my speech on this, I'm sure. Um, let me give you the mini speech on this. When we have a drug like what Stokes got, we need a way to measure progress. Some of our kids, unfortunately, have very severe drop seizures. And, and if those went down, it would be nice. I was talking to a mom today whose child is having a lot of drops. It, it makes me sad. The kid was on um, Keppra. They took away Keppra because the kid was being pretty tough. And they introduced another drug. And the kid just started having a lot of drops and a lot of clusters. And um, that's counterintuitive, frankly. The second drug should have helped. And, and this kid, it just breaks my heart. But so when that kid gets an ASO, hopefully those drops will go down. We'll be good. Most of our kids, the seizures are subtle enough that it'll be hard to tell right away that the drug is helping, right? So what do we measure? Is there something in the blood we can measure? Is there something in the EEG we can measure? Is there something else we can measure? Because if we can't measure anything, we can't do a clinical trial. I would actually say that this is probably one of the biggest problems before our community. There's incredible science going on. We're learning about Syngap all the time. People are figuring out isoforms. People are debating ASOs and AAVs and next-gen AAVs. There's so much going on, it's bonkers. But the smartest people I know are still freaking out about what are we gonna measure, and I am too. But guess what? There's ways we're working on that. See Combined Brain, Dr. Terry Joe Bichelle. I cannot thank you enough. This weekend, I saw this lovely picture of Dr. Bichelle sitting at a table at a, at a meeting for some other group. It was in New York. And a couple of our New York families, including our fearless leader, Pavel, who was our board chair for a couple of years, um, went and took their child and their sibling and, and gave blood. And Combined Brain has an IRB approved um, under the leadership of Dr. Bichelle study and a partnership with a major biobank in the U.S. where they were able to draw blood from um, the kids, the Syngapian and the sibling, take that blood and plasma and spin it down according to various protocols. And that's going to go to the biobank. And then when, our, when partners want those samples and they call us, we get these calls. We need 44 samples and sibling controls in order to do a proteomic analysis, right? To fill a tray, to do a bunch of cool stuff and to figure out if there's something in blood we can use that's related to Syngap expression. 44 samples and sibling controls. That's a lot of samples, guys. You, know, you ever thought about the logistics of getting 44 Syngapians in one place to draw samples? Doesn't work. It's too much work, it's too much cost, it's crazy. Enter Combined Brain. Dr. Bichelle is like, look, there's all these incredible member groups. They're having conferences all over America. Why don't we go to them? Why don't we say to families here, there, and everywhere, go to the, the local meeting of this other rare disease group that's a Combined Brain member. We, Combined Brain, will fly to New York, to Nashville, to um, what's coming up soon? Um, Noblesville, Indiana. Hey, Virginia, Indiana. Um, somewhere in Ohio. Chicago. Minnesota, Colorado, San Antonio, Texas. You got to say the city in Texas was so damn big. Um, DC, Mercer Island, oops, Seattle, LA, and Orlando. Well, that's us. Those are all the meetings that are happening this year. So if I just said a city, 
These, these are in the show notes, of course. If I just said a city that, that sounds like it's close to you, there is, a, there is a meeting of a combined brain member sometime this year, and you could get in a car, call us, sign up, we'll, we'll sign you up, and there'll be a phlebotomist there, amazing people. People dressed up in costumes, wearing Mario hats, fun. People who do this with kids with NDDs all the time. Exceptional clinicians. And they will skillfully, masterfully, compassionately take blood from your loved ones, your Syngapian and their sibling if available. And then they will spin that down, put it in the biobank. And those samples will be available for biomarkers. This is a huge, huge opportunity to collect these samples. Right now we are at, I think, 18 Syngapians and 21 siblings. Thank you to those 18 families. Thank you to those 18 families. It's a huge deal. Guys, we need to be at like 45. We're halfway there. We're halfway there. There's one study where 20 samples will, will get us in, but there's another study where 45 is will get us in, right? And so we just got to do it. So if you're anywhere near Indiana, Ohio, Chicago, Minnesota, Colorado, San Antonio, DC, Seattle, LA, go. And if you're not going to any of those, if you're bringing your Syngapian to our meeting in Orlando, of course, Combined Brain will be there, taking samples from us and other kids. And um, clinical trials need biomarkers. Biomarkers need biosamples. They also need EEGs. By the way, so the families in LA, we are still recruiting for the um, SRF-funded UCLA study to look at um, EEG biomarkers. So many opportunities for you to ensure that your Syngapian's future is brighter by sharing um, your time, your treasure, their blood, and um, their siblings' blood, their data through Citizen, if I hadn't already said that, and their EEGs through this study at UCLA. So lots going on, guys, lots going on. I think I got through my list. I'm kind of proud of myself. I shudder to think how long that was, but um, I hope I'm still recording. I Hello, Syngapland. I appear to still be recording. Good. Soon, you will have a chance to order your button. This is a button. It's got the Syngap tricolor logo around it. It's got Tony and John in there. Isn't that cute? And it's a Syngap research fund across the bottom. We made these buttons for the conference last year and all the parents wore them. And it was a great way for the scientists and the researchers to know you were a parent. And it was a great conversation starter. Oh, your kid's so cute. Oh, thank you. What's their name? Blah, blah, blah. So come to the conference. Get your button. Join this community. Meet the researchers. Understand why I'm so excited. It's, it's really... It's, it's really... Today was, a, today was a big day. Today was a big day to sit in the back of the room and see Dr. Helbig talk, to walk into a meeting with, with Dr. Bichel and, and these other people about the DCM, to read Rick's paper. We, and there's other stuff happening I'll, I'll tell you about next week, hopefully. Um, we're, we're working on a press release right now. I'm working on a couple press releases, if I'm honest. Um, just a lot going on. And we need your help. So volunteer, get in here. There's, there's work to do. And it, and it matters. Thank you. Thank you very much.